Welcome to the Odd Dad Out Podcast, where normal is not my specialty. I am your host, as always, the feeling friendly today, Adam Higgins, the Odd Dad Out. You can find me at odddadoutpodcast.com and on all the social media places at Odd Dad Out. And this is the show where I ramble and rant about whatever the hell is going on in my head. I usually make fun of some some assholes from the news. I'm skipping that one today. And I tell you about a podcast that you should be listening to because I just like sharing the things that I like. So, I've got a lot of friends in the podcast space. That uh, pretty much that amounts to all of my friends. <laughs> when it comes down to it, I'm not a very social person. In, in reality, um, I'm not good with social interaction of the, the normal type, if you want to call it normal. Um, I am okay with making friends with podcasters, though. And it seems very much a, a thing about podcasters is when you're generally introverted and Oddly enough, for those of us who are behind the mic and who sit here and have these big personalities, if you want to describe me as having a big personality or any of my friends, much bigger personalities. But if you look at it, we're all generally introverted. Of course, there's exceptions to this, but for the most part, we do better behind the mic and talking to each other in in podcast forms and and, in chats and things like this than we do out in the world interacting with people in general traditional uh, social interactions all that to say most all of my friends are podcasters and people that i've never met in person and if you've listened to any of my guest episodes these are people that in a lot of cases i've never had any direct communication with vocally you know i've never it's been mostly you know text chat and things like that and so in a lot of these cases, like Lisa and Sam and, and Derek from sometimes geek, these are people I never had like direct conversations with and, and talked with in like a phone call or, or a voice chat type situation. And, but I'm, I'm very close and I'm very good friends with these people. But the funny thing is, I don't know if it's funny, but what at least recently I've, I've not that I've come at it. It sounds weird phrasing it this way, but I know my friends are awesome. I know that my friends are awesome way beyond my level. I'm just a schmuck sitting here talking about how awesome everybody I know is basically I'm, I'm that, um, eternally cool by association because I am friends with a lot of cool people. Whether or not I've got any of that myself, that's up to everybody else to decide. But my friends are really cool and really awesome, and they're doing really cool stuff. And I just kind of felt like everybody right now, so many of my friends have so much cool stuff going on. I just wanted to spend this week basically singing the praises of my friends <laughs> and, and, and telling you guys about all the awesome stuff that my friends in the podcast world have going on because that's just kind of it. That's, that's really, again, I like, I like talking about the things I like and I like sharing the things that I, I I like. (laughs) This goes back to my old saying of I'm a better pimp than prostitute. I'm better at talking about my friends than myself. Yes. I realize I talk about myself here every week. You know, (laughs) none of that was English. Don't try and translate it. Sometimes that just blizz out of my head. But yeah, I I like sharing how awesome other people are more so than myself. I don't brag a lot here. The closest I think you'll get to me bragging here 
was me giving recipes and like, hey, check out this cool thing that I can make. That's that's about it. But I just want to spend today talking about some of my awesome podcast friends and the cool stuff they've got going on right now. Because a lot of my friends have some cool stuff going on. So let's start with, oddly enough, a lot of these are, uh, first couple of these are former guests. Chris Osborne from Play Comics and Meddling Kids. He was actually recently picked up, at least the Play Comics podcast was recently picked up by the Gunna Geek Network. And if you're not familiar with Gunna Geek, it's kind of self-explanatory. It is kind of a, a geek nerd culture tech kind of network. They do a lot of comic books and video games and, and podcasting um, podcasts, stuff like that. That is run by Stephen John Drew from uh, Better Podcasting and, and the Gunna Geek show. And he, he does a few other things. So he's over there in the same group with Better Podcasting and Starling Tribune and Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I'm blanking a bunch of the other names, but there's a bunch and there's a ton of comic books and video games and all that stuff. This is a very well-respected network. And the shows that are in that network are very well-respected. And so it is just really awesome to see somebody that I know. So a friend of mine with his video game comic show grow to a point where he's getting recognized by such a respected group of podcasters. And these guys are respected throughout the space and in the whole indie podcast industry group community. So it's really cool to see, you know, Chris getting to that point. I I was joking with him on Twitter. It's like, yeah, now he's, you know, big time, you know, he's a big fancy pants, big time guy. Not that just about everybody else that I deal with. All of my other friends are much more big time, fancy pants than me. But yeah, it's, it's just really cool to see him, you know, growing and getting that recognition because he does a good show and he does a lot of work for it. And, you know, he puts, he puts in a lot of work to make a great show and there's a lot of heart in it, even though, yeah, he's talking about video games and comics, but he puts his heart into it because that's what he cares about. And so awesome. You go, Chris. Next, I've got a handful of people, so I'm, I'm not going to spend too much time on any individual, but so this one is a little less about them and more about their awesome and I got to be a part of something with them is Lisa and Sam from I shake my head who were just on a few weeks ago. So give you the uh, backstory. They had their merch site with we have merch.com. We have merch.com went under the guy who was behind it. My understanding is basically it was a one man operation. He was doing all of, he basically, you'd give him your artwork and he would do all of the, making it like fitted for the merch. So he'd, you know, he'd do all the transfer and all the, the back end design stuff to make it suitable for printing on t-shirts and mugs. And he would do so much stuff. There were some shows that were having custom beer steins and poker chips and baby bibs and all of whatever you wanted. He would pr- find a way to print it for you. And he would do all the marketing and had the website and do all the stuff and ship and print and ship and do all of the things. But to my understanding, this was a one man operation and he had upwards of a dozen podcasts that he was producing merch for. I don't know how much of it he sold, but I do know, well, I can, I can name I know at least four shows personally, they're friends of mine. He was doing the merch for, uh, brand X before that closed down he was doing, I shake my head with Lisa and Sam. He was doing Garrett's random ramblings. He was doing, uh, the mole man. And I think he might've also had Mike Jolett stuff there too. I'm not hundred percent sure, but, uh, he was also doing, uh, who's right with Doug and Anthony, all these shows, plus a ton of, and there were a couple of, of, uh, rappers and things like that. And a bunch of other podcasts that he was doing merch for. And even I think the unwritable rant, even so many shows. And if you take all of the six, seven, I don't know how many shows I just labeled that he was doing. And again, one man operation, he couldn't really sustain that. I'd heard stories that he got into, uh, uh, issues with some of the people and some I'd heard from some people that maybe there were 
issues with with delivery times or whatever. I don't know. I didn't deal with them. But that went under. And so everybody kind of had to go find their new merch. Well, Lisa and Sam were asking around. It's like, hey, who do you do your merch with? Who do you do your merch with? And asking everybody around. I do my merch shop through Threadless. If you go on to my website and click the little shop tab, it goes to odddadout.threadless.com. I like Threadless because I get to set my prices. Basically, there's base price and I can decide how much or little I make on an item. And unlike some of the other shops, you they set your price. And if, like, I know not to disparage Redbubble, but I've heard complaints about Redbubble primarily with last year's live stream for the cure because they did their merch through there was that if Redbubble does a sale, it's, you know, site wide, everybody's merch goes on sale. Well, that cuts into their profits that cuts into, in the case of live stream for the cure, they had promised X amount of dollars per shirt sold. And then the shirts went on sale and they did not get that much in revenue from those shirt sales like oh everything's on sale well that came off of their end too and so they're not like Redbubble went and decided to do a sale and that cuts into your pocket like yeah maybe you sold some shirts that you didn't before but instead of making ten dollars a shirt you're making four dollars a shirt and in the case of like live stream for the cure where that was going to charity that severely cut into the donations so that's a whole other thing again not disparaging Redbubble or whatever but anyway i go through threadless lisa and sam decided hey we're going to go through threadless as well and they tried setting up their stuff and they are not tech savvy we talked about this when they were here they're not tech savvy they do everything from their phone how they managed to do any of this through their phone is beyond me but they'd set up a few things they tried but they couldn't get basically the simple functions of we can't get this in different colors. They're supposed to like, why are all of your stuff is in, in 10 different colors and you've got all of these different things. We don't know how to make all of the different things. And they actually said this at the beginning of one of their episodes a few weeks back. And so I said, I just like sent him a message after I listened to the episode and I was like, send me your artwork. Give me, if you're cool with it, send me your artwork, give me your login for threadless and let me take a look at it. So I go in, I go, I go through all their stuff. I took everything down. I took all of their stuff down, replaced everything. I took all of their artwork, stripped it out and retool, retooled it and basically redesigned. Not, I don't say redesigned because basically it's a matter of, I had to remove the background from all of their artwork and then go with, you know, transparent backgrounds so that you could put a picture of them on a t-shirt and doesn't have the white background from the picture because it's stuff like oh here's their episode art or their uh their show artwork well it's on a white background okay strip that out make sure everything's there nice and neat and there were a couple uh, pictures they wanted me to to work with and so i went through and was spending a couple days stripping all that out and putting it all up there and making and picking hey do you want this thing do you want this thing do you want a tote bag do you want a backpack do you want it blah 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 and going through a, hey, what about a baseball t-shirt? Hey, what about this? Hey, what about that? And hey, I'm not going to put in any black mugs because you have black text on your your stuff. Stuff like that. And so I did that. And I think I might actually go through and, and tweak some stuff for them. But at this point, but I, I made basically a whole, a whole array of, of designs for them. So that they have a couple of different things for their merch. And so now they've got a full-fledged merch store and I, and I fixed their merch page and put their images on it and stuff like that. And then, because I don't know if I didn't go too much into it last week, I just kind of mentioned it that, you know, now I have the backpacks and the duffel bags in my merch shop. And if you follow me on Instagram, I, I posted up a, a trial design for leggings which my wife says I can't do because apparently, and I, I actually agree with her. Um, <laughs> my logo, if you have the brain to look at it this way and you, you see these things, my logo to a certain degree resembles a female reproductive tract. And she's like, you're not going to put a bunch of ovaries on leggings. Nobody's going to buy that. <laughs> I was like, fair enough. They 
kind of look like ovaries. I'll, I'll agree. So <laughs> back to the drawing board on that. But I did spend a lot of time with Lisa and Sam with their design, making a pair of leggings with basically it's just their, their uh, little bitmoji faces that they use for all their stuff. Just kind of repeating pattern of their bitmojis across leggings. And it's cute and I like it and it's fun. And so it was just something cool to do. And I made it for them because it was cool. And it was one of those, Hey, these are women. Maybe somebody wants to buy their, you know, somebody would want leggings with their thing on it. So I, I did the leggings and it was much more a case of trying to do it because I can't do that necessarily. I need to go back to the drawing board with my designs of what am I going to do just because, Hey, it's a, it's a thing. (laughs) That's it. It's a, it's just a case of coming up with a design that works. And so that's what I'm, that's what I'm going for right now is I've got to retool mine and work on graphic design. Um, so I, I, but I've been having fun with that and I'm so glad they allowed me to do that with them and be a part of this. And they've been giving me all the credit too. Whenever they post up the stuff for their new merch, they're always giving me credit for helping design it and make it possible because it's just something they don't have the technical, you know, the backs behind the scenes uh, skills to do fine. I do only because I've been working with this stuff to make my own stuff. So I know what I'm doing on this, but it's cool. But I'm just really, really happy to help them. I enjoy helping my friends. I enjoy, I enjoy being a part of things for all of my kind of anti-socialiness and not liking direct human interaction sitting here behind my computer, retweaking and aligning faces on a pair of, on a, uh, clothing pattern for leggings and up, oh, I've got to adjust this up. Oh, this isn't small. Oh, we got to erase this and all the, all the little doodads and things to make these things for them. I mean, just as much I'm learning to do it for myself, but doing this for them and helping them out with making this and helping my friends to make their thing is awesome. And I love it. And it's just a cool thing for me. So I'm enjoying that. So that's awesome. They're just, you know, because they're, they're letting me be a part of their thing. So, all right, moving on more awesome friends that I've told you about in the past. I really need to get her on the show at some point, but she's a busy, 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 busy person, especially now. Emily Prokop from the story behind and e podcast productions. I'm not going to tell you if you need a podcast edited to go to her because I would rather you go to me just saying shameless plug. Emily and the story behind have been nominated for a Webby award. Yeah, that's actually like the big internet, you know, the web uh, awards in the best series category for the story behind. So this is awesome in general. This is awesome doubly for an indie podcaster, especially because she is the only, and I mean this literally, the only indie podcaster in this category. She is up against four other media company productions. She's up against Serial and something from Slate and Gimlet and, and, and I forget the last one. It doesn't matter. These are all shows that have teams behind them. Like 12, 15, 20 people work on these shows. They have multiple producers. They have sound designers. They have multiple engineers and they take a year to produce a fucking episode. And she does all of this herself. And they talked about it recently on a, the feed and she podcast, they've everybody, everybody has been promoting the shit out of this because Emily is awesome. The story behind is awesome. I told you this before, granted it was a long time ago because this was one of the first shows that I ever promoted. I mean, the show is so good. She got a book deal out of it. Come on. 
She's going around speaking at all of the podcast conventions because she's awesome and people want to know her story. Emily researches, records, edits, sound design, uh, publishes, does all of the the notes, the the web design work, um, all of the marketing, and she is fucking crazy on marketing. God, I wish I had the time, patience, energy, brain cells to do the marketing she does for her show every week because she is a marketing machine. She is there talking to all of the people and everybody knows who Emily is. She is currently at number four, meaning she's already beating one of these people. She is number four in the best series category against shows, again, like Serial and stuff from Gimlet and, and Slate who have millions of downloads and dozens of people working on them. And she is a one woman army just knocking all of the shit out. And she is up there competing at the same level as teams of 20 or whatever. So all of them, I don't care who wins. And honestly, it's probably going to end up being serial because they're because they've got the money and they've got the money to campaign. And not that I don't think they give a shit. I really don't. Serial doesn't care. Gimlet doesn't care. Slate doesn't care. This is something. This is just her being nominated is important for indie podcasters. And it shows what the hard work can do. It shows what can you can get from just producing a great show consistently. That's it. That's what she does. Emily produces a great show consistently. And even when she had to take a break for having a kid, even if she misses a week because she's sick or something happened or she's at a convention or whatever, she does all of this every week. Oh yeah. And she has another show. Oh yeah. And she has a podcast production business that she does all of this herself. I can almost guarantee you, I will bet you money, not a single host from any of those other shows that are nominated can do what she does week in and week out by herself. I will bet, I will bet you $100 Sarah Koenig from Serial could not get her ass up, research the entire, an entire episode, record it, edit it, release it, type show notes, create album art, create episode art. And publish it and market it by herself. Oh, yeah. And run another business. Oh, yeah. And have a a one-year-old. Yeah. Guarantee you she can't fucking do that. Guarantee you. And that's not disparaging Sarah Koenig. That's saying Emily is awesome. And the rest of these people have to have a team. Because they can't do the things. So. Yeah, there is a link in the show notes because there's always a link in the show notes for you to go and vote for Emily and the story behind in the Webbies. I believe there's still about a week at time of recording. There's still about a week left of voting. Let's get her up there. I I, honestly, if you're listening to me, you probably listened to the story behind. You've probably found out about this. You've probably already voted. And if you haven't, what is wrong with you? Go right now, go to the link in the show notes, click on her name. It's in the little thing. Just go click on her name in the show notes on the website because some things don't allow links, but go to the website, oddadoutpodcast.com. Go to the show notes for this episode. Click on her name. Vote for Emily in the Webbies. Now do it. Do it. All right. One more. One more awesome thing going on with podcast friends. And I, I I say podcast friends in this one a little more loosely. I'm not as close with them as I am with say Emily and Chris and Lisa and Sam, but the ladies of she podcasts, I'm friendly with them. I'm friendly with Elsie. I'm, I'm, I'm almost friends. I'm, I'm close acquaintances with Jessica And that's entirely because I also, I I chime in and all that with her on her other show, Brilliant Observations. 
and I'm friends with, you know, their producer, John, who is on hate to wait with Emily. He also is the co-host of brilliant observations. He's the producer for sheet podcast, and he also has his show unbelievably stupid, which I cannot remember if I featured yet, but if I haven't, I will. (laughs) I think I was waiting on timing, but anyway, she podcasts, which again, I've talked about. I think I, I remember the episode I talked about because after I did it, they talked about me featuring them and there was a whole big thing, but that was way back at episode 64. I talked about she podcast and last year, uh, probably around mid year, I guess they just in the middle of an episode, John was like, you guys have, and at the time it was maybe six or 7,000 people, but that you have the largest group of female podcasters collected in your Facebook group, the largest community of all female podcasters in the world easily are in the she podcast Facebook group. That group is now close to 12,000 members and growing every day. And at the time, John was like, why don't you guys hold a convention? It's one of those things where it's like, if 1% of their population of that group came in at what's at when they were five or 6,000, that's 50 people. That's not a bad thing for a first convention. If 10%, that that was 1%, 10% of their group, if 10% of their group, that's 500 people. That is close to, if not beating the number two podcast convention in size, in number of people. Now they're at 12,000 women in the she podcast, Facebook group. And oh yeah, that is only women. There are plenty of men, myself included, John included tons of their podcaster friends. Like again, like me, John, uh, Dave Jackson, Daniel J. Lewis, their bosses, hell, the people they work with that are all fans who support this. Well, I've been tiptoeing around it. They, a couple weeks ago, announced the launch of a Kickstarter, finally, for a She Podcast convention. John said, you have enough people here, you could do a convention, and you could have a huge, amazing convention the way you want it, not the way so many other conventions are. We got the same people talking over and over again. There's not a lot of representation for women or people of color. And it's just kind of the way the industry has always been. The old timers tend to get the, the keynotes. They tend to get the big presentations. Why? They're respected. They've been in the industry a long time. So yeah, you get a lot of the same old people talking at a lot of the old, con- at a lot of the major conventions, which fine. It's entirely just based on the fact that you know, they've been around and they've got respect in the industry. So yeah, those are the people you go to. Those are going to be a big draw. You know, they've got reliable information and Elsie and Jessica have both spoken at, at, I believe it both have uh, done presentations at podcast movement. They've both done presentations at Podfest. I could be a hundred percent wrong on them both doing it, but I know at different times they've, they've done their rounds. They are respected in the industry hands down probably two of the most respected women in podcasting up there with Emily and but then there's a ton of other uh, Katie Kremitzos and a bunch of other women that I'm I don't focus on necessarily the women in podcasting even though I if you listen to me enough you realize that most of my podcast recommendations are actually women but they just they finally got up and said you know what we're gonna do this we're gonna plan it we're gonna find a date in a time of year where it's not going to be a hassle. It's not going to be encroaching on the timing of another convention like podcast movement or, or Podfest or, or any of that stuff. And we are going to have this convention because the fans wanted it when they talked about it, just kind of hypothetically a year ago, everybody was behind it and everyone's like, yes, you must do this. And it just kind of came down to a case of, timing and planning and and all of the things and they were like yeah it would and then getting the money together so they launched a kickstarter and they said we need 25 grand 
to secure the ability to do this. And it, for the most part, Jessica said, this basically covers the hotel costs. The If nobody shows up, if act, nobody actually shows up, but they've all committed this money, we are not losing our, our <laughs> we're not losing our homes paying for a failed convention. They at least have their, the, the money secured and donated from people to fund the, the, the cover it to cover the cost basically. Well, I was listening to the new media show this Saturday and this past Saturday at time of recording, they were in the morning and they posted up on the social media as they were kind of hitting their goals. They were like, Hey, we're 50% out of the way. We got two weeks left for 50%. Like let's, you know, we can do it that morning. This Saturday, there was about 10, 11 days left. That morning, Jessica was on the new media show talking with uh, Todd Cochran from Blueberry and Rob Greenlee from Spreaker, and they were talking about the Kickstarter campaign, and that morning, they had hit about 86%, and there were still about 10 or 11 days left of the campaign, and so that was basically recorded and released live Saturday morning. Saturday night, I'm listening to this on my drive home from work. And I see a post go up from Jessica saying they've done it. In one day, they went from 86% to over 100% fully funded. They've hit that goal. You know, in the course of the, her interview talking about it, she was like, yeah, I'm hoping by Monday. And this is, you know, maybe two or three days she's talking about like maybe by Monday we'll be up at 90%. They topped that 100% that same day, which goes both to the strength of just getting out there and, and spreading the word to people who may not necessarily be listening to you. People who listen to the new media show may or may not be listening to She Podcast, period. It's more of a techie thing. It's two old white guys in the industry versus two women of color. Jessica's Jewish. Whatever. I don't know. But two women in the industry talking about more of a female perspective side of podcasting or just delivering podcasting news in general. But, you know, the She Podcast audience and the New Media Show audience have, don't have as much overlap. So her going on there and saying, hey, we're doing this thing. It's really awesome. And in that, one of the things about the She Podcast group is it is all women. It is 100% women, no men allowed. The convention was assumed. It was assumed that that was going to be the case. She actually said during that, that spot that no, we're not going to stop men from coming to this. We're not like that because you know, there are the, those guys who are like, Hey man, it was like, no, I don't want to be part of your all women convention. That's so stupid, man. You're discriminating. You're like, those, those douchebags who are going to have a bug up their ass over a, an all women's convention and raise a big fuss about that aren't the kind of people who listen to she podcasts. Those aren't the kind of people they want there. But she kind of laid it out. The, the men who would want to go to the she podcast convention, like I was saying, like uh, Daniel J. Lewis and Dave Jackson and me and John and, and all, the the male fans of she podcast who are basically left out of the group on account of as she put it having a dangle yeah if you've got a dangle you are not going to be kicked out of the she podcast live convention that is so awesome because there are conventions just for women who specifically ban men from attending and i don't know if it's a gender identity thing or if, a, if you identify as female, you're allowed. I don't know the case with them. All I do know is they're not going to have that sort of bullshit with She Podcast because they have male fans and the fans that are male who want to attend, they would like to be there as well. If you want to attend the She Podcast convention, you should be able to. So I pulled up the numbers today. As of date of recording, Wednesday, the, what the hell is today? The 10th. <laughs> Woo, pre-planning. As of Wednesday the 10th this morning, they were at 118% of their goal. 
they still have about six days left on this campaign. And this will be running from October 11th through the 13th in Atlanta, Georgia. I don't know if they've secured the hotel yet. I know I was following Jessica on Instagram. She was running around checking out hotels for different stuff and, and picking hotels and doing all that fun stuff. But you know, it's like, Hey, is this one going to work? Is that one going to work? Which has the nicer this and, and, you know, doing all of the stuff you have to do to plan a convention. She was running around doing the things. And so I don't know if they've, they've settled on a location exactly yet, but it will be October 11th through the 13th in Atlanta. I think it's because it's a very central location, but I'm excited for this. This is such an awesome thing and that they've put this together and that their fans showed that this was something they wanted. This is not somebody getting together and saying, Hey, I should start a convention to do this thing. And hopefully people will like it. This was the, they went to their fans and said, we want to have a she podcast convention and we need your support to prove that you really want this. If you don't want this, we're not going to do it, but show your support and prove to us that this is something you want. And the people came out and, and showed their support. I'm, I'm six more days. I'm willing to believe they could probably hit 125%, 130% funding. You know, I, I thoroughly believe they're going to, I mean, they've already smashed their goal. And this is something I wish I could go to this. I've wanted to go to a podcasting convention for ever, but it's just one of those things. I live in Phoenix. There's not a lot here. And my work schedule and things like that. There's a podcasters meetup thing that happens here once a month. I can't really go because again, work schedules, but stuff like I'd love to go to podcast movement. I, I nag every year, please bring it to Phoenix. Um, I can't travel for these things and they're far, <laughs> you know, they move podcast movement, podcast, uh, Podfest moves around. This is going to be in Atlanta in October between ticket prices, travel prices, all the, all of the things I can't afford it. And it's far. It's also taking time off work, but man, I would love, I wish this could be my first one because I know so many people. I would love to just walk up and get to meet Jessica and Elsie. And that would be the perfect opportunity because I mean, you know, they're both going to be there and that doesn't happen as often. You know, I know people like I, if Emily isn't there, I mean, I would, I would almost say, why isn't Emily speaking if she isn't there? I feel like Emily should be speaking for one reason or another, but also if she's not there, something's wrong. Cause seriously, what, why would Emily not be there? Emily needs to be there. I don't know if she's listening right now, but Emily, you should be there. Jessica, Elsie, something, work something out, get Emily there one way or another, <laughs> but I would get to meet so many of these people that I, I would, that I want to meet that I would love to just get to meet all of them. And this would be such a great time and place and to be there for the first one. It'd be so awesome. And again, because I, I, it's one of my favorite podcasts about podcasting and it's because they're not so strict and about the rules and about the, and hardcore about the news and the industry stuff. And they, they, they give it to you in a fun way. And I, I just love the show in general. And if you, if you want to know more about the show, go back to episode 64 and listen to that one. But I'm just so, I'm so happy for them. I really am. I'm just so happy for them that they got this and that it's still going. They still have time. They're still raising money that they made a thing and people supported their thing and said, no, we want your thing. Do it. And so I'm really happy about that. <laughs> I I know I said, I wasn't going to be fucking going on and on and on again. If there's still a few days left of this, if you want to support them, if you want to, you know, buy early bird tickets or be a sponsor. God, I wish I could do that. I wish I had the grand or two that I would need to put together a sponsor package for this. I'd max out a credit card in a blink, <laughs> but that's not my place right now. But yeah, 
I know, like I said, I, I said I wasn't going to go on and on and on, but I have. Sorry. By now, you know, when I'm talking about the the awesome ladies of podcasting, I tend to go on longer. My bad. But I'm going to take a break, get some coffee, get rid of this fucking fly that's been buzzing around my desk this whole time. And I will be right back with another awesome podcast lady in this week's recommended listening feature. Ignorance was bliss. Have you ever been reading through a stack of comics and thought, maybe I should see what this Arkham Asylum game is all about? Or been playing Marvel vs. Capcom and felt like you were at a real disadvantage because you didn't know who half the characters were? Well, Play Comics is the show for you. I'm Chris, and each episode takes a look at video games based on the comic properties and how well they stick to the source material. So whether you know the comics and want to know how these games work, or know the games and want to find out where all this craziness came from, Go check out Play Comics at playcomics.com, the Brain Trust Network, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. I'm Nick. And I'm Justin, and we can't believe it's already time for the 2019 live stream for The Cure. Thanks to our amazing peers, listeners, and supporters. Last year, we crushed our goal of $5,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. The Cancer Research Institute is funding research into immunotherapy to create a future immune to all forms of cancer. Every single cent we raise goes to them. And they're also rated over 92% on CharityNavigator.org. This year, we're aiming our sights even higher with our most ambitious event to date. Join us May 17th through the 19th on twitch.tv slash epicfilmguys for 40 hours of live content from us and other amazing shows who will join us to try to reach $7,500. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure for more information or to find out how you can be a part of the event. Together, we can make a difference. Recommended listening. Everybody has a story, and not all of those stories are clear black and white issues, even when we think they are. We wonder how did this happen, or what is that like, or what happens next. Are you sure you really want to know? This is Ignorance Was Bliss. Ignorance Was Bliss. So this is one of those shows, like a lot of them recently, where I probably should have been listening to this for a long time. Um, absolutely much longer than I have. Uh, Kate, the host, is friends with pretty much every single one of my other podcast friends. Um, and this, this has been recommended to me multiple times from just about everybody. But the thing about it is that if you look at the description of the show and some of the stuff about it and the artwork, even which is gorgeous, was apparently done by her daughter. But if you look at it, you, it, it, it screams true crime. And I've said before, true crime is really not my thing. Um, the shows that I've listened to that are more true crimey are much more uh, partially true crime. Like Southern Grimoire was more about supernatural and weird and mysterious stories. And some of those happen to be kind of true crimey because it was a mysterious disappearance under you know, you know, questionable circumstances. And so stuff like that, or twisted Philly where she does much. It's, it's all about Philly and some of it's true crime, some of it's history, some of it's tourism. And so I just really wasn't sure about this one. I was like, I, and I don't listen to those all the time. They're much more of a, when I'm in the mood to listen to those, I do. But I, I just basically was kept getting recommended this. And then as more and more of my friends, I found that were guests on this and Heather from sunshine and power cuts and Chris from play comics and Derek from rolling misadventures. 
no longer on uh, Sometimes Geek. He retired that show. And I realized, like, all of my friends have been on this. And I'm like, but it's not what I would have expected. I wouldn't have expected any of them being on this show. And I finally listened to Kate on podcasts we listened to. And so I listened to that and was like, okay, now I get it. And she explained how her show is very much, as she puts it, true crime adjacent. There's elements of true crime in it. And especially in the early days, she was much more in the true crime camp and with those shows because of her background. And she has a background in uh, forensic psychology and, and a lot of that. And she would do like profiling and things like this. And so she, she worked in the prison system. She worked with criminals. She worked with a lot of this stuff. And so of course she gets, she's in the true crime world, but it, it's not really that, especially now. Now it's become more of like just an analytical conversation. Like she's having a conversation with somebody, maybe about a subject. Like she has an idea of where, what she wants to talk about, about their thing. And they kind of go in a direction and they kind of, she kind of analyzes it to a degree. I don't think she's doing it to like psychoanalyze anybody, but it's just kind of one of those when that's what your brain does, that's what your brain does. So now it's much more having conversations with all of these people and just getting their stories and sharing their stories. And where does that go from there? Honestly, at this point, being a guest on ignorance is bliss could almost classify as free therapy. She, I mean, when people sit down and talk to Kate, I mean, almost every, everyone I've listened to, it's like your guard comes down, all of the feelings and just the, the, all of the detail, all of the story, all of the, everything comes out. And I've listened to more than one episode that just had, it's just like a punch in the gut, the, the emotion and the holy shit that comes out from these guests. And there's been more than one episode that has had me fighting back tears, especially the one, uh, it was actually Kate talking about, um, a, her being in a coma and her having a baby and a lot of that going on. It just, I, I, I had a hard time listening to that one. It was just, it was rough, but at the same time, a lot of them are, are funny and it's fun because, yeah. uh, Kate gives no fucks. And so she's very blunt and she will call herself an asshole. And just like, you know, she'll say the thing and she'll, she'll, she's not going to mince words. She's very blunt and she, but she's also honest and she's just, she's a good person. And I've actually oddly enough gotten to know her very well over the last few weeks. I've actually talked to her on a fairly regular basis. It was kind of funny. I think my last two Saturdays I've spent, uh, chatting with Kate for quite a good amount of time it was kind of surprising. And, and, you know, a part of it was me, you know, as a, with editor brain and saying, Hey, you know, I think you should fix, here's some things you need or could fix in your audio and stuff like, Oh, your music is a little too loud. And there's level inconsistency, stuff like that. Like my editor brain saying, you know, I don't know you well enough to proposition you to say, Hey, can I, you know, edit your show? But here's some little things that I think you could work on and and in these conversations and then you know and then just stay having a chat with her just having a friendly chat with her which is something that with even a lot of my closer podcast friends like heather and chris i don't necessarily do that all the time it's also a matter of i don't do that in general but she'll just reach out to me and it's like hey so this thing or hey here's a thing like I once ran into Lucille Ball, like the fuck you say, you know, whatever. And so she's, she's just really awesome. I'm looking forward to a point where I get to be on the show right now. She's actually down with a, with a broken tooth. And so she can't talk. So she's actually had a bunch of other people recording her intro, outro stuff and all that for the show. And I need to do that. Actually, I need to get on that, but I'm supposed to do. Uh, a disclaimer for the show, stuff like that. And there's a disclaimer on the show because they do talk about sensitive subjects, but uh, it's just, it is really one of those where I didn't realize looking at the description, what the show was, the description is kind of misleading. It, it fits the show, but 
you, you're kind of left a little, you don't quite grasp it. And it's, it's always one of those when you're describing a show in, in text, how to describe your show. I have a hard time with it here after almost four years, but you know, I say if you should listen to the show, you should, if you're more of a true crime person, start at the beginning, start with that stuff. Cause there's more, it's more of a true crimey thing towards the early episodes. And then if you really just want those personal stories and the emotion and a lot more of that, start going more towards the more recent stuff where she was getting a little further away from the true crime. There's still some of those stories in there. It's always going to be kind of a part of an element of the show, an element of her and her background and all that. But at the same time, yeah, it's a, it's a good mix and it's a good blend. And so, like I said, you want the true crime start at the beginning. You want the, the, the stories and the emotion and all of that go more recent stuff. It's all, it's all good either way, but you need to check out ignorance was bliss. She's working on a new website right now. IWBpodcast.com. at this moment right now, right now it's still kind of work in progress. There's not too much to it. Of course, links in the show notes, but you can get the old webpage currently lives at iwbpodcast.podbean.com. Like I said, just a second ago, links in the show notes. So you don't have to remember these things. Of course, it's all at odddadapodcast.com. Check it out. And like she says at the beginning of the show, do you really want to know? Yes. Yes, you do. All right. That is going to do it for me this week. Wow, I talked way longer than I expected I would. I thought this was going to be a short show. It's a good thing I didn't throw in that rant about shit that if you saw on Facebook, you'd know. Anyway. Wow. Okay, you can get all of the links to all of these shows and everybody I talked about over at oddadapodcast.com. Of course, it's in the show notes, as always. You can... Reach me at show at odddadapodcast.com. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at odddadout. And I did it. I renamed the group. The Twisted World of the Odd Dad Out is now Oddballs. Because you are my oddballs. You are the friends of the Odd Dad Out podcast, right? So go over there, facebook.com slash groups slash odddadout, or of course, link in the show notes, because I'm redundant that way. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Check out all of my friends' stuff. Vote for Emily. Go support She Podcast. Listen to, to play comics and Ignorance Was Bliss. And buy yourself some leggings, because you're cool that way. Anyway, (laughs) I will be back next week with fuck I don't know, (laughs) but until next week, oddballs, thank you and good night.